He's the sheriff of Dodge County, Minnesota. He came from a radio background before starting his career in law enforcement. He's here to talk about stings to catch sex offenders and much more. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to look for the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show all over social media. We're on Facebook. Look for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. On MeWe.com, look for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. On Twitter, follow LET Radio Show PO1. On Instagram, follow LET Radio Show Podcast. Again, our website is letradioshow.com. And if you're on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, be sure to look for me and follow me. My name's John, the letter J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. You can also search for at LET Radio Show. That's John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T radio show on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app. Calling us from the great state of Minnesota, we have the sheriff of Dodge County, Scott Rose, on the phone. Scott, thanks so much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Very much appreciated. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. By the way, what a cool name, Sheriff of Dodge. You got to get out of <laughs> Dodge. Dodge County Sheriff. Yeah, I'm the sheriff of this town, and this is Dodge, and you're getting out of here. <laughs> yep. Who hasn't right. wanted to say that at some point in their life? As a new sheriff in town, you got to get out of Dodge. Right, exactly. We get to say it here all the time. That's a, well, awesome. not new sheriff, but we st- we're the we're the Dodge County deputy sheriffs. Now, whereabouts is Dodge County in Minnesota? We're just west of Rochester, down in the southeast corner of Minnesota. Okay, so we say southeast. That's the warmer part of the state, right? <laughs> I guess it's we're in the southern part of the state. I don't know about warmer. Scott, I've known for a while. He's a colleague. Obviously, he works in law enforcement. I'm retired from the Baltimore Police Department. Uh, he started his career in radio and then went to law enforcement. My career in radio started after retiring from law enforcement. So we're in opposite ends of the spectrum, but a lot of similarities in our story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just kind of did it the opposite, essentially. Before we get into that, because it's a great story, by the way, one of the things that happens in the news all the time, we see this, and I'll admit, I don't know much about the behind the scenes of it, is these things where lots of sex offenders are are captured and caught. And quite often, they're caught trying to solicit children under the age of 18, oftentimes under the age of 16, for sex in hotels and things of that nature. Your county just did a couple of those, didn't they? You know, we've done we've done four of them. It's been it's been a few years. It was, I was I was still back on the road when we were doing them. I'm the sheriff now, but uh, you know, we've done four of them. And unfortunately, it's a it's a frightening prospect to be able to go online and and so easily find people who are looking to groom young girls and boys. It's it was pretty uh, eye opening for us. 
when I was a kid, what we had to worry about was the guy trying to give you candy on your way to school when you're walking to school. And that's what we <laughs> talked about. Or, And it turns out later in life, I didn't realize at the time, there was an old guy who used to pay the kids, the girls that wore like the parochial school skirts to do cartwheels. And I didn't put two right. and two together because I was you know, young and stupid. I didn't think of things like that. But nowadays, we've got kids playing gaming systems on social media, whatever it might be, and there are sexual predators, and I know the term's used a lot, but I can't think of a better one, all over the place, and they're targeting our kids. Yeah, so, so they say today, in, at any given time right now, there are more than likely somewhere around 500,000 online predators looking for victims. Uh, which is which is a, a frightening frightening number. Now, when we did our when we did the operation that we did uh, a few years ago, there weren't certainly as many social media sites and uh, the different sites, or if you will, that they have now. Now there are just so many different options, like you said, between gaming consoles and between Facebook and and uh, dozens and dozens of social media platforms where kids can go out and. And, and talk to folks. And one of the biggest challenges, or one of the biggest concerns that we have now with COVID and with, we've had all these kids that have been stuck at home working online for the, for months since, many of them since last spring or summer. And these shutdowns have put these kids at risk. They, they lack that face-to-face contact. And because of that lack of face-to-face contact, it can list to heightened risk-taking or sexualized messages or so and, and it's more important now than ever for parents to really be aware of what their kids are doing online and on their phones you've got to be like my mom was there look i'm of a different age and era and i know you're a little bit younger than me but there was no such thing as privacy in your bedroom it, you know nope. they came in did what they and if you had something out of line you heard about it and what seemed like it was overly strict at the time I really now understand as a parent why they did the things they did. And we didn't have all the threats that we have today. No, not at all. And and online, you have to assume, you have to always assume online, nothing is private there. Um, they say 22% of teen girls today, 22% of teen girls say they've posted nude or semi-nude photos, which to me is a frightening, frightening number. And then if you look at FBI statistics, they say over 50% of online sexual exploitation victims are 12 to 15 years old. And most of the predators that are out there looking for these victims are adults. They're not kids. And they don't pretend to be. They they admit they're adults. And they tell these kids they're adults because they're looking for kids that are vulnerable and looking for uh, for uh, for adult attention. That really, really is horrifying. And I'm a parent. I have two adult daughters. And, uh, and both of them. Look, if someone tried that today with them, they'd be the first one. These are the type of ladies that would knock people out. I'm telling you. And they don't need to be drunk to do it. <laughs> they would swing on you in a heartbeat. So I can't see someone trying that now. But man, when they were 12 and 13 or 11, I don't know. And as a parent, that scares me. I know. They're, the target category is 12 to 15. And it happens to boys and girls. It's not just girls, uh, but you know, certainly, certainly, we see more female victims. I think the assumption that uh, m- many of us law enforcement have is a lot of the male victims, or I shouldn't say a lot, but there are probably many victims, male victims, that more so than female, that 
don't want to admit that they become victims so they don't know about them and i'll be honest later on in life a lot of these young men that had that happen to them uh really struggle and they struggle with things like you know how come i couldn't defend if i couldn't defend myself from that then i'm it really attacks their sense of of masculinity and self-defense and when you're 12 11 13 14 I'll be honest with you, at 18 years of age, I didn't know anything I know today. And I remember growing up and going to the police academy and being just turned 22 and having to go to these life and death calls and feeling, as I look now, back and go, man, I wasn't equipped for this. Right, right. And with when you, when you, talk, about, when you talk about numbers, uh, f- they say 5% or less of these predators are kids or are pretending to be kids. You know, so they're 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 grooming. They're adults that are grooming, trying to build trust with with kids on the other end who they believe are um, loners, kids that maybe have parental problems at home, kids that have uh, self esteem problems. You know, they're looking for that right that right uh, victim to groom, and and unfortunately, they're. Uh, there's so many of them out there, it's scary. And these predators are very good at what they do. This is a Law Enforcement Today show. We're talking with Sheriff Scott Rose from Dodge County, Minnesota. We're talking more about stings to catch sexual predators, especially online, and much more. Everyone's welcome at the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page, where you'll find fun, informative, and enjoyable posts daily. Purebred, mixed breeds, rescues, We love them all. Be sure to like the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today show brought to you by Switched On Life. The book Switched On, the heart and mind of a special agent, will make you laugh, cry, and sweat with a degree of realism that will leave you stunned. From international drug smugglers, U.S. defense contractors, and CIA going rogue to weapons of mass destruction programs of Iran, China, and Russia. Get more details about the book, the podcast, and more at switchedonlife.com. That's switchedonlife.com. Dot com. Return a conversation with Scott Rose, Sheriff of Dodge County, Minnesota, on the Law Enforcement Today show. For winter break, Scott, we're talking about stings that your your agency has done, and a lot of them do this to catch sexual predators online. These are people, they're adults that are grooming specific children for sexual encounters or for sex assaults. Uh, at that age, I'll be honest with you, it's I know there's legalities in, in terms of with with crimes in different states but it's all sex assault and rape if you ask me i am particularly disturbed by their behavior because it it challenges the the paternal side of me where i want to protect kids uh, and most cops i know are that way they want to protect the kids and the elderly and the defenseless well and one of the big challenges for parents too is um, my age group your age group even some younger than than ours but parents struggle with technology a lot of parents our age struggle with technology whether it's on the phone whether it's on the computer whether it's certain certain social media uh sites if you look at the number of phone apps that are out there for 
chatting or for meeting people or for dating or for, you know, whatever term you want to use for hooking up or whatever. I mean, there's so many things out there that parents need to be, that parents need to be aware of. And you just can't, you, you just can't be aware of anything. So you, you got to really establish those, the, the baseline for, for rules at home. You, you got to know your kids' passwords. You got to know what they're doing on their computer. Um, you know, it's just, it's a frightening time to be a parent, frankly. It certainly is, and I had an interesting story. Uh, one one of my daughters was, let's just say she was 15, and she came down to visit me, spending time with my wife and I, and got a phone call late at night, and it was a, a man calling from Miami, and he's asking for my daughter. And I answered the phone, and I said to him, and I'm gonna be very nice, because this is radio, and so you have FCC regulations, things I can say, I said, do you understand this girl is 15 years of age and how old are you? And he told me he was like 28 and I was like, don't ever call here again. And if you show up here, you'll, you will be going out in a body bag. That was basically right. the story. Now, I know that violates certain rules and laws that people have, but as a parent, my job, especially at that time, was to protect them, make sure they're okay. Yep, that's your first and foremost job as it should be. And and uh, you know, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one with all the technology that we deal with today. And when you talk about kids that are are uh, being contacted like that, when you know, when we talk about kids that are being groomed online, it, it, the the one thing people have this misconception that it just happens in the big cities. It's only going to happen in Minneapolis or Baltimore or, or Chicago or Detroit or whatever. It well, it doesn't. Uh, we're a we're a county of twenty one thousand people in southeast Minnesota. We had multiple arrests with this conviction or with this uh sorry, with this operation. And um even in our county we've had we had one case where a fourteen or fifteen year old, I believe she was, was able to actually get on an airplane and fly overseas to meet this person that she had met online. And the the logistics of trying to get that person prosecuted and getting her back to the States is, uh, is incredibly difficult. And so to think that it doesn't happen in small communities, it does. It'll, it, it can happen anywhere. That's the big misconception a lot of people have, <laughs> Scott, is that, well, I live in a nice neighborhood, so therefore I don't have to worry. And we always say, Thieves, criminals, they steal cars, and they drive around, and they go to neighborhoods like yours to, to find prey. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, and one of the reasons for us doing an operation like this in our county, because we took, we took some flack for it. People are wondering, well, well, why are you doing this? Why are you going to do a sting like this in our county? You're bringing these people to our county. And our point was, one, just that statement alone means you don't understand the, the risk that you take with your kids being online or on their phone. And two, it just shows that they're here. They're, it's, they're anywhere where the internet is and they're going to travel. And I'll, I can give you some examples with this case of, uh, of some that traveled quite a ways to get here. I just read a news article about a, a sex offender mm -hmm. who came from, he drove from Miami all the way up to almost Jacksonville to meet with a 14 year old girl and he took her and he sexually assaulted her and he bought first. Uh, and, and I don't quote what he said, it was worth the trip. That yep. right there should Very. horrify people. And this, this young girl and her family lived in a nice neighborhood in a rural area of Florida that you would not think these things would happen.
and what, what, what probably the most frightening thing for us here in putting this sting together. So we did four different stings. We did two or three smaller ones and then a large scale operation. And the frightening thing for us with the large scale operation and probably one of the most frustrating things for us is we had so many people online talking to us and we were limited to a, a, a one one week one week's worth of work we had to limit who we were going after the worst offenders that were online talking to us we could have kept going um but we 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 picked the ones that we knew that that were the 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 predators that were trying to do the serious grooming with the officers that were on this in this program and uh you know we prioritized the cases that we felt were the best cases and uh there were others and we just let go which is to me is frightening that is even more frightening and that's the reality certain cases you know are not winnable in court there's not enough evidence or uh they're so backlogged they'll say it's just not worth the time let them go so you do the smart thing and that's what you do but that means and i hate to say this i don't want to be the, the the spread of doom and gloom and fear but as a parent those people escalate they get better at what they do i just did an interview not that long ago with a, a prosecutor who prosecuted ted bundy uh, the last murder he did and it involved abducting sexually assaulting and murdering a 12 year old girl and this guy admitted right. to killing 30 people in his career and as he got better at it he became more efficient and when he let people go that are the lower rung so to speak i just worry that they are are, are going to get more efficient at what they do Right. And, and, you know, with this case that we did or with this thing that we did, the last one, the, the larger one, this was a few years ago. So it, it didn't we didn't have all this. We didn't have as many social media platforms as we do. Just a fraction of the social media platforms that we have today where kids can meet other people online. And even back then, we had the one gentleman that came that drove down here three hours from up north who, after being interviewed, admitted to doing this on a regular basis and said he'd driven as far as New York to meet in person a 13 or 14 year old that he had met online and that he had talked online about having sex with. Wow, that's scary. We're talking with Sheriff Scott Rose from Dodge County, Minnesota. We're going to talk more about sexual predators, stings to catch them, and then we're going to transition to a lighter topic. Well, kind of. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. 
That's 800-451-8603. Return a conversation with Scott Rose. He is the sheriff of Dodge County, Minnesota. I swear I'm going to say that as much as I can because it just sounds so cool. I think of Wyatt Earp and all those guys walking down. You better get out of Dodge, partner. It so is cool. It uh, is cool. We're talking about catching sexual predators and it's not not a cool subject and it's not something that I think anyone really wants to deal with or hear about but the reality is there are violent criminals out there and they're predatory in nature and they find certain people to prey on and quite often those are our children and it doesn't matter where you live you're not safe from it because we live in a connected world with gaming devices and social media and everything else and your children if they're on there they are being targeted uh, by these these predators well and and the frightening thing about it too is that these predators come from all walks of life we had during the last the large thing that we did we had a farmer we had a couple students we had an oil chain store manager we had a factory worker we had a truck driver we had a high school janitor who had worked at that school for nearly 20 years um, we had a high dollar engineer um, uh, or a mechanical engineer from the cities who came down who was um, probably one of the one of the scarier ones we had a gentleman from Iowa who came up who was a convicted rapist and a lot of these folks have wives and kids at home you know, these a lot of these. I'd say half of them probably were married, which uh, you, you just don't know. You just don't know who these folks are, and they, they really are good at blending in. Yeah, you know, people, and this is a common misconception I get quite often. People always talk about the boogeyman or the scary guy down the street, and especially when we're talking about our children, and it's quite often someone who doesn't look like a, a killer, doesn't look like a, a sexual predator, doesn't have the boogeyman features that we're so used to in Hollywood. They look normal, and they do their best to fit in. Yeah, and they're, they groom. They're good at grooming. They're good at manipulating. These guys look for, they look for kids who are lonely. They look for kids who have low self-esteem. So when we put together our larger group and the, the largest thing that we did for the week, we set up profiles who were young females. They were females who were more often typically home alone. Some females that were with split families who mom was there, dad was gone. Uh, families with mom who's always working, kids left home a lot, or the kid has a lot of extra time on the computer or the phone. Uh, kid that skips school, kids that, uh, that uh, they, they use grooming techniques, whether it's with cigarettes or whether it's with weed or whether it's with alcohol. These guys are really good at grooming these kids and they're, and they're going to go, especially now with all these social media profiles that where, where our kids are giving out all this information on, on, uh, on their Facebook pages and all on all their other social, social media platforms where it doesn't take long for somebody who's good at grooming to look at your social media platform and figure out Figure out your name, your family dynamic. Figure out what school you go to. If you're in sports, figure out what sports you're into or what you, what you what you enjoy going to as far as the school. They can figure out if they look over several days 
with all, some of these kids that post all the time. They can fig, get an idea of what your your schedule is, your kids' schedule as far as school or what time they're usually at home or you know they're really good at picking up on that stuff and they and they just feed on that and they they look for the kids that are vulnerable so this takes a lot of effort this takes a lot of planning this isn't something like hey get a call for service and it winds up being a a murder in progress this is something that you actually have to plan out and map out everything you're going to do ahead of time yeah we so for us um obviously the there was a, a a manpower cost we had between five and six officers who were on this every day for a week. And we had our IT department come in. <clears throat> we set up a conference room with six different computers. And these computers were computers with hard drives that we could keep as evidence for these cases. And this, the, the service that we brought into that room was a monitored service uh, for, for Internet access. Um, we had to line up adult females. We needed pictures, so we needed pictures on these profiles. So we found adult females. Some of them were family members of our officers who we found pictures of them when they were younger and underage, and they signed off allowing us to use their picture as a profile picture. We would, uh, or we'd have to go through, uh, there's so many different acronyms in uh, you go through an urban dictionary or or there are online dictionaries that that we were able to use at the time and just to just to make sure that because that's the other thing we got to do too is we got to type and 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 portray ourselves online as a 12 year old a 13 year old a 14 year old you can't type like a 50 year old or a 40 year old or however however old you are and um you're you're essentially you're role playing a young teenage kid for a week and we did it for a week and a week only just because you're you're emotionally and mentally so um, so spent at the end of that uh, at the end of that investigation that uh, we were just after a week we were just done that's what I was going to ask how do you do that there's so many so many bad things that you see in our law enforcement career you you deal with people at their worst possible cases or moments of their life, and then just the, the violence, the trauma, accidents, house fires, uh, crime, all that takes a toll on those officers. But to deal with people, and this is a point where I get quite often, I take a, a bone of contention with Hollywood, where cops realize they have to be able to have a civil conversation with someone they know is the absolute predator to make a case right and it it kind of defies every instinct of human nature you want to strangle that person but you can't well and people especially when you have when you get in like as a cop and it could be a case like it could be it's any any kind of an assault case or an abuse case with kids but certainly on one like this you, you can't help but think about your kids all day long every day you're doing this um it's uh, it, it, it there the cumulative stress that cops go through just on a regular daily basis is huge. Then you get uh, you know then you go into in, in investigations or into cases like this where where you com- compound that by by ten or by a hundred depending on depending on what the case or the, depending on who the predator is and and how they're grooming you and you you're role playing with them and. Uh, at the end, at the end of the day, it's just 
you're like I said, you're spent. So after we just knew that from a mental health standpoint, after a week, we had to be done. I'm glad you did that. And and by the way, please tell them from from me on behalf of me that I said thank you for what they did because to do that and then say okay, my my tour of duty is over. Now I'm gonna go home and be a husband or a wife, a father, a mother, or whatever it might be. And it's awful tough to flip that switch. I used to think that. There's a little procedure I used to go through psychologically uh, that when I was taking off my soft body armor, the sound of the Velcro coming off, in my mind, Scott, it was, all right, I'm shedding armor. Now I'm going from being Cop J to Husband J and Dad J and uh, Brother and Son and all those things. And I did very well with that for a very long time until I wasn't very good at it anymore when we return we're going to talk more about that and some interesting things about scott rose i told you earlier that he started in radio before entering into law enforcement and now i'll give you a little hint he might be heading back towards the broadcasting field when his law enforcement career is over which is not happening soon, but it will eventually happen. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. We'll be right back. You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation. Call the Debt Helpline now. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-709-4389. 800-709-4389. That's 800-709-4389. Current conversation with Scott Rose, Sheriff of Dodge County, Minnesota. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Scott is, a, like many people in law enforcement, he's an interesting character. Uh, people like to portray us as the, being all the same. And the standard joke was in Baltimore that he was a white guy and he had a mustache. And that's what I had at the time. But we all wear a uniform. We all have similar haircuts. And so there's a real easy temptation to look at our law enforcement agencies as are homogenized and are one type of person the truth is we were made up of every walk of life we had every race every religion we had lesbians gays and straight people atheists it didn't matter and no one i worked with cared ever about your background they cared about how you did the job absolutely you know you just need to know that that officer is going to be there for you if you need him Exactly. And, uh, or him or her. It didn't matter if it was a him or her. It didn't matter what their preference was, what their background was. We're all doing the same job. We're all, when we all put on the vest and the belt, we all take the same risks and, and we just, we want to make sure that you're there to, 
the support. And it also didn't really matter how big and bad you were, or uh, of course, if you had a really bad fight, you'd want the, the biggest, baddest person to show up. But the truth was, we'd say, I don't care if all you can do is grab a hand, grab a hand, uh, and, and hold them. So, and by the way, handle the calls in your post so I don't have to handle yours and mine. But what makes your story interesting, Scott, is you were actually in broadcast radio, commercial United States American radio before starting your law enforcement career. Tell us how long ago that was. It was. I went to broadcasting school in '87, and my dad's a cop, or my dad was a cop. He was a cop for years of when I was growing up. And when I when I when I told my father, I'd always been involved in music and in school. I play guitar. I play in a band now, and and uh, so I'd always been involved in music. And when I got to I went to Phoenix on a vacation uh, and actually found a broadcasting school there, and I stayed, and I went to that school. And I told my dad, I said, I think I know what I want to do when I, well, now that I'm all grown up, you know, 18 and out of high school. I said, I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be in radio. And dad says, my dad, son, I think that is a, a perfect choice for you. And I'm thinking, you know, he's going to tell me because you got a great voice or you're, you're very well spoken. I said, well, why is that, dad? He said, because, Scott, you have the perfect face for radio <laughs> like really dad i thought it was going to be something really sappy and nope perfect face for radio well thanks dad so yeah i went into radio went to broadcasting school in in downtown phoenix to the ron bailey school of broadcast and and uh, man, i loved radio i loved working in it i loved the uh, that was back when radios most of the stations that i worked at were all family-owned stations right so we didn't have to follow all the corporate and you know we we got to do our own thing. We got to make our own set list. We got to pick our own music. We got to you know pick our own promotions and do our own stuff. And uh, boy, we had fun. Radio was a blast. It certainly changed quite a bit because uh, I'm also a full time radio guy in addition to this show. Uh, and my story's a little different. I got hurt and retired at the age of 33. Uh, so my whole world kind of collapsed. I was like, "What do you do now? I this is all I know. Being a cop's all I know." Uh, and about eight years later, I began pursuing a career in broadcasting, and it started with the early days of what we now call podcasting. It was very simple, record a show, load it up on your website, and people could download it and listen. Uh, that's what we did. And then I went to broadcasting school at night. Before that, I bought time at a station where you, it's called a brokered station, where you buy your time, you sell your advertising, you do your own show. Oh, right. And yep. I really got the bug. So I went to broadcasting school at night, uh, and I've been doing full-time radio uh, in the music world ever since, and that's since age 45, which is quite a while ago now. Yeah, I I tell you what, I loved I loved radio. I love music, and, um, and, and I think initially that's what drew me to radio, and the... Just the, I don't know. It's it's so hard to explain. You know, with the with the especially with the family owned stations because they really let us do the creative stuff. We we were really allowed to 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 do everything we could to create a station or create something that people wanted to listen to without without a lot of outside influence. So you know, there were times there were stations that I was at where we did great. There are other stations that didn't do so good. Um, but the the creative aspect of it to me was just was fun. I just I loved it. So how did you make the transition to law enforcement from radio? So I, it's kind of, you're going to laugh at this. So I always had horses. My wife and I have, have had horses. We've raised horses for years. And my job 
ended up taking me uh, uh, away from home or a lot or taking up a lot of my time to the point where I wasn't able to do as much on horseback as I would have liked to. And my dad made the suggestion that, well, son, on the at the Dodge County Sheriff's Office, we have the Dodge County Mounted Posse where you could volunteer. Hold on, hold so on. Essentially, it's like a reserve officer. Hang on. You're a part yeah. of a posse in Dodge County? I know. That's that's. Uh, I was waiting for you to go there. That's like a yeah. Western flick right there. Yep. That's so great. We, uh, yep. <laughs> I don't know what, what more to say. We did everything on horseback back then. We did we did fair security. We did rodeo security. We did parades. Everything was done on horseback, and uh, and that's how I got involved initially was was because of the posse. So it's horses that got you back into law enforcement. <laughs> I, I know. So on the posse, when you got on the posse, one of the requirements was you had to volunteer one shift a month and do a ride along with patrol. That was a requirement for being on the posse as being a, as being a volunteer for the sheriff's office. And do, once I started doing the ride alongs, I got hooked on it. I loved it. I the camaraderie, the night work, the adrenaline, the 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 fact that is cliche as it sounds, the fact of of being out there helping the community, being out there to help people. I just, I, I loved it. And I got to the point where I looked forward to that more than I did my regular job. And I ended up, I ended up going back to college and in Minnesota, you have to have a college degree in order to be a cop. You can't just go to an academy or whatever. You have to have at least either a two year or four year degree uh, before you can get into a post accredited uh, hands-on training type of academy uh, to go into law enforcement here. So I ended up going back to school and, and, um, yeah, did uh, did the law enforcement thing, and I started at the agency that my father started at it went the year I was born. Um, he started the Casson Police Department, which is where I started, and then I migrated from there to the Dodge County Sheriff's Office, which is what my dad did, and from the Sheriff's Office here right around 2000. And um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been involved with the Sheriff's Office here now since '96. That's awesome. And by the way, thank you for your service during your career. You began to start, unfortunately, there's a a horrible side effect with law enforcement, and that's officers being killed in line of duty and or being severely maimed in the line of duty. And it's just a fact of life, and there's no way of of dealing with it. It just kind of comes with the territory. But so many of their stories are lost, and they're not told. And these are some real heroes. Um, So that kind of inspired your work with a podcast which is where i'm getting you're getting back into broadcasting tell us about that so with the with the podcast so i've been involved with uh, let me back up so in 2013 one of my best friends here with dodge county died of a heart attack um he was a he was a 20-year deputy here he was, he was number three in command and his name was captain loring gunther and Loring was third in command in an, in an administration that was a, a disciplinary-based, very micromanaging, uh, very difficult administration to work for. And he always put himself in a position where he felt he was in between administration and patrol or in between administration and, and dispatch or records where he felt like he had to protect everybody from this administration, albeit he was number three in command. So it's a, he actually was administration, um, but he wasn't calling the shots. And he that the stress of just the everyday work that we do here, combined with his supervisory position, combined with 
his feeling like he always had to protect us, um, that cumulative stress killed him. He ended up having a heart attack and booked an investigator on that case. And uh, according to the coroner's report, and according to the coroner talking to him, said that the uh, that Lauren had an acutely enlarged heart due to acute daily stress. And hence, and, um, that was the motivation, or part of the motivation for your podcast. Tell us the name of the podcast and where people can get it. Officer Down Memorial Podcast. So if you go to officerdownmemorialpodcast.com, or you can find it uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, and we share stories of officers we've lost in the line of duty. Scott, thanks so very much for all you do, and thanks so much for being a guest on the show. All very much appreciated. Thank you for having me, Jay. I appreciate it. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.